I'm not pulling out of my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another Drive to Work Coronavirus Edition. Well, uh, a couple podcasts back, I had Richard Garfield on to talk about Arabian Nights, and I really had fun talking about that, so I decided to bring in a different designer to talk about a different set. So I have brought my boss, Aaron Forsyth. Uh, he and I, many years ago, both worked on Time Spiral. Uh, and Time Spiral Remastered is coming out, so we thought it might be fun to talk all things Time Spiral. So, hey, Aaron. Hey. Okay, glad, I'm glad this is not a podcast where you're going to spoil WandaVision for me. Was what <laughs> Every Friday, I'm terrified I'm going to... It is very good. I would definitely watch it. <laughs> but uh, it's like my two loves, uh, Marvel Comics and TV, have come together, so it's very exciting. Yeah, it's, it's wild. Yeah. Okay. Right, time Spiral. Time Spiral. Speaking of time... Um, okay, so what is what is your earliest memories of Time Spiral? Like, how did you, how did you, what is your memory of ending up on Time Spiral? Um, let me think. So I know Brian Tinsman was initially the lead. I feel like we had moved around what sets were going to be where, and the Time Spiral was not initially where we had hoped it was going to be. Some other set had switched spots with it. What, what came out? Let's see. Uh, Ravnica Black was before it. Yeah, and Lorwyn Black was after it. Okay, yeah, I don't. Rem- I, don't I guess I can't. I can't piece that together in a way that I mean remembers I mean, here, exactly how it went down. Here's the big picture on my end was if I thought why you were on the team was I was grooming you to lead a set, right? And right. so I was trying to get you on a lot of design stuff. teams, right? Um, I had been on all three Ravnica sets and I led Dissension, yeah, uh, and then. Right. Uh, the plan was for me to lead a big set. We had we usually only had one big set a year at that yeah. time, uh, and I wanted to lead the following big set, so I was put on this this big set team. Um, I think we were we we you and I and Brian and whoever else was on the team. I think Devin Devin, Devin was the fourth. De- Devin Lowe was our fourth. Like focused on time, kind of as the the key ingredients to what we wanted to be doing for the whole block, right? Yeah. Pretty early. Yes. That both real, like, time in the game, like, count, things mattered as far as, like, at the time that they happened within the game, and then time is kind of a larger concept with regards to magic, uh, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a, the game, the game and all the expansions and stuff we released. So, and I think both of those elements actually came through in the three sets. Yes, right? like, like the past, which we settled on the past, present, future for for time spiral, planar chaos, and future site, and you know, time spiral. The main focus is the past as the nostalgic element in the time shifted cards and all the throwbacks to stuff that happened in the in Dominaria's past. But there's also some cards that you know refer to time explicitly, like Sarah, Sarah Avenger, or or try to hint at things that happened earlier in the game uh, and we tried to carry that through all three sets it was it was a, a quite a, a very high concept for for a magic set it was quite high concept yes i think i was being very bold because uh, i the i became head designer in the middle of champions but that had already was like well along its way and so ravnica was my first and then this was my second so I, I was i was big on block planning so i was really trying to like let's be big and do blocks that have some larger theme to them and so right so if you strip out all the nostalgic stuff and just look at the new mechanics there's i think you know suspend 
very much plays into time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Split Second, I think, was the other yeah. biggest new mechanic, which also all plays with the concept of time. So, And there was a third thing. We, uh, for the first time, um, keyworded uh, Flash. Flash, right. Which also plays into time. Right. So even if the set was not going to be nostalgia-focused... Uh, you know, we had we had the framework for a mechanical suite that was about things happening at weird times or doing things at different times than what you were used to, or things taking more time or less time to happen than normal. Um, and I think that would have been enough stuff to make a whole very compelling set out of. And then we went ahead and added in like a dozen other mechanics and a time shifted sheet with 121 other cards, and it just got crazy quickly it did so here's a question for you do you remember where the mechanics came from no i think split second there's a split second was from another set that we stole I think from. it was a card in cold snap right that had split seconds right it was a not? mechanic in cold snap we took it mechanic from cold snap. cold snap yeah we took it from cold snap yeah, cold snap is its own story <laughs> that whole set that, that's, a, that's a different podcast incredible <laughs> incredibly short amount of time um uh yeah, but you and I, you, Devin and I were all in that set as well. Yeah, yeah. So suspend started as a mechanic that Brian Tinsman made to convey a le- legendary sorceries in um, uh, the third champions, uh, Saviors of Kamigawa. Saviors of Kamigawa. Okay. okay. And um, but the thing that ended up being the the thing where they go on forever, um, that cycle. Uh, epic. 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 It, it ended up. What happened is Brian made that. Showed it to me, and I go, Brian, this is way more than a cycle. Like, you could you could make a whole set out of this mechanic. Uh, and so I, I said, you can't do it here. We're going to save it for later. Um, but then I, I let Brian lead the set since it was his mechanic. <laughs> I specifically remember we stole Teferi Mage of Zalfir, the, the, the kind of first legendary Teferi creature that was really powerful. It's, it's mono blue. That whole card was uh, a bant was a bant legend in Cold Snap that uh, Devin had called like Lord Panthro or something. It was not not really a made to be an existing character, but the design of like everything you have has flash, and your opponent can't do anything except on their turn was uh, ported over directly and just made into Teferi. So yeah, Cold Snap gave us a lot of uh, a lot of ingredients for for Time Spiral. So here's another early thing. See if you remember this. Do you remember hybrid being in Time Spiral? Vaguely, now that you mention it, um, but I don't remember if it had what what role it was attempting to play. So the early on, what happened was I had made hybrid for Ravnica, and development kicked it out of Ravnica. But we were doing this this crazy temporal thing. I'm like, okay, well maybe we'll use hybrid here, representing like things are so crazy the man is breaking apart. Um, but then we found out that suspend and hybrid had no synergy, uh, and one of them had to go, and it turned. I mean, Ravnica wanted ended up wanting hybrid back anyway, and so we took. Hybrid yeah, I do. Out. I do remember Brian Schneider, who was leading Ravnica development at the time, Ravnica City of Guilds, the first one, um, coming around on hybrid and deciding it was actually important and something we wanted to put back in the set. I do remember that happening for sure. Um. Yeah, so I remember uh, the early attempts at playing with the time-shifted sheet very vividly, playing in, I forget what conference room we were in, but 
you had a this I don't know. There's a story about you having a Solkinar, or you having to name a card, and you named Solkinar or something that. Uh, yeah, I, I was playing Devin, and we had a there's a mechanic that's been the set for a while where you could double tap things. You could tap them once, then tap them again, um, and so it, it lets you activate them twice if they were totally untapped. And I we had some version of like name a card and they have to discard it if you name it. Um, and the reason it's not a double tap creature is we well, can name it once, look at their hand, and the second time you kn- you knew you could get it. Um, right. But I had I had used it once, like I only had one tap, you know. And so uh, I'm just, oh no, I'm sorry, I had two taps, but the first tap didn't matter because I'm I'm not going to get it. So I'm I'm just screwing around, and I say Sulkanar the Swamp King, and he, yep. and he, I didn't know it was on the you would put it on the bonus sheet. I didn't even know it was on the bonus sheet. Like I just <laughs> named it as a joke because it didn't matter. And he goes, "Oh, you got me." And I'm like, right. "What?" <laughs> I think that card was kicked around a lot as like an example of exactly the kind of card we wanted to put on the time shifted sheet. And so it was probably you know in your head. As, yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess this could be in there. And yeah, it was. Yeah. It was in, anyways, I, I ran around because I, I mean it was just such a crazy hit. That I was very excited. So. Um. Yeah, so at some point we decided to, I don't know if it was working with creative and, and whatnot and figure out this is going to be how we set up the mending and all these other things where like the past, present, and future of Dominaria. And this was the first time we'd been back to Dominaria. Yeah, in a while. Since we started plane hopping with each block. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of pent up desire to use all those place names and old characters and whatnot. And so when we decided to make the time spiral um, focused on the past, specifically Dominaria's past, like it was, I was just like a kid in a candy store, you know, because I had this, I had an encyclopedic knowledge of all of the previous sets and cards and all the weird stuff that we ever done. I, I just immersed myself in it, you know, as a player for so long that being able to draw on all that and use it to make all of these crazy throwbacks and mashups. Um, it was super indulgent uh, and and super fun at the same time, and I think you know in retrospect, as a someone who's in, you know, now has to think more about the business and the whole audience, that I regret a lot of it. But man, it it was you know some of the most fun I ever had making cards. You know, to even to this day, however many years later. Yeah, I know it was uh, it was super fun. So, but by the way, um, just to correct a little bit, I know about the story. The idea for the mending was very, very early. But Brady Dominith, who ran the creative team, yeah. um, all he wanted was some major event happens, and it, re- it like it, you know, he understood the idea that the planeswalkers would give up their spark to solve it, and then we'd redo planeswalkers, right? But he didn't care what it was. It just had to be some multi-level, like some crazy large problem that they had to solve. Um, and so when I had the idea for time, like we had these time mechanics, I went to him and he said, okay, I, I want to do time mechanics. And he's like, okay, we'll make it a temporal thing. Like, you know, it, it didn't require it being t- time. But when I came to him with, I have time mechanics, he's like, okay, I guess it's a temporal accident, you know? So, and then they just, you know, they shifted that. Um, it also helped at the time I was running the creative team for it. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 And so, you know, that, that big picture plan was, you know, we had, begun thinking about planeswalker cards around then and we wanted to we wanted to get you know planeswalkers onto cards which is something we hadn't ever done before that they were supposed to be our 
you know, our heroes, our go-to characters that were going to be the kind of glue of our intellectual property, but there was no way to ever show them because they were so powerful in the game that, you know, they could create worlds and wipe out civilizations and whatever, that there's just no space for, for those as magic cards um, that we wanted to create the toned down version, which ultimately showed up in Lorwyn, which, you know, was originally supposed to end up in future site yep. as a, as a hint of the future. So we needed this kind of story reset that was going to reset the entire multiverse and how planeswalkers functioned in it. And so time spiral ended up being the block where that happened. He did. Yeah. Um, the, so I, I, I did a separate podcast talking about the, the time shifted sheet a little bit, but I, I would love to get your perspective on your memories of the time shifted sheet. Cause you were very, very involved in it. Yeah. So we talked about, um, what, what were the gimmicks going to be? What were going to be the things that made this set stand out? And if we did a past, present, future, that, you know, the past should involve actual old magic cards as, as one of the ways to represent this set showing magic's past. Um, and because we had shifted to the, the kind of the, M, the, the 8th edition frame a couple years before, that gave a really clear visual as to what was an old magic card, something, anything that existed in the, before that frame came out, um, which was really convenient because I think we had some, we struggled showing what alternate present looked like with the planar chaos frames. Like that was not a clear, as, as clear a message. Uh, and the, the future frames were so wacky that I think that got that across pretty clearly, but the past was, a, was very easy to do. Um, and so it just became, a puzzle of like which which cards should we pick? How should we do this? Uh, I, I kind of begged to to be the one that got to do most of that work, and I did. And I actually was on both the design and the development team for Time Spiral, so I kind of got to shepherd it all the way through. And originally, they were not going to be standard legal. We could just pick whatever we wanted. Um, and so we just kind of went nuts. Everyone said what their favorite old cards were, threw them all on there. Um, and there was some really powerful stuff like, you know, channel or whatever that ultimately ended up just not being fun at all because it was so powerful. I remember swords uh, was on it for a while. Yeah. Swords to plowshares, right. Some of that stuff was cool. It was cool to put swords to plowshares in packs, you know, which you see, we actually pulled off in Strixhaven. Um, but then once, you know, the, the, the real work came when, I and Randy Bueller and Brian and others decided, you know, that if we could pull this off to actually have the list be standard legal, the, the time shifted sheet, exactly how far could we push it? What powerful cards could we, could we put in there? Um, so it kind of got revamped a little bit, had to pick things that were played into the set themes, the mechanics that were already in there. So the cards felt kind of natural in a little bit of environment, but then still, um, have some weirdos for sure. Um, it's like it's weird how much of it relies on color pie breaks, making it feel like old magic cards. Um, I just because I guess that makes them what makes them feel so distinct. Like a card like Ghost Ship, which is a blue regenerator, or or Prodigal Sorcerer, which is a blue creature from Alpha that can tap to deal damage to anything. Those are just not cards we would make at all. Um, so that made them feel very distinct from all the rest of the cards in the set. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't know how you feel about that in retrospect. I think 
we would not be we would be less willing to pull that off now uh the way we're managing the color pie well i mean but, but that was a large part of the charm for me i think modern horizons is kind of how do we do time spiral now that's what modern horizons kind of is right so um we have a lot of nostalgia without necessarily having to break the color pie or you right. know so yeah we don't there's been i mean having worked on modern horizons to right the, the set got reviewed for color pie violations just like any other set we make um did but yeah the the time shifted sheet was kind of like cards that we wouldn't that feel old because we wouldn't make them now uh for whatever reason whether they were weird creature types or weird rules text or off color things that didn't make that wouldn't make sense nowadays so you end up with a lot of stuff like uncle istvan uh which is weird for a lot of reasons or evil eye of orms by gore or even stuff like uthan troll you know red red doesn't get regenerators or didn't at that time um, so yeah, it was just like a list of all of everyone's favorite weird stuff. I put some of my own pet cards. Like I love the card Fiery Justice from Ice Age. That was one of my favorite cards, so that went on there. My wife loved Goblin Snowman from Ice Age just for the art because it was so ridiculous. So that got on there. You know, Mike Turian, who I've known and played Magic with for years before either of us worked at Wizards. His one of his favorite cards was Spitting Slug. So it was just like an opportunity to kind of. You know, without giving people true vanity cards, but just like give a nod to a bunch of individual cards that had meaning for us personally, uh, and that just kind of showed off the true breadth and weirdness of what old magic was. So the coolest thing for me was that we kept it secret all the way through the pre-release. I don't know if you remember that, but like we we had kind of begged with marketing, let's just try to keep this one under our hats, and we mostly did. I think some some of some information about it got out early. I yeah, I talked. Kind of I talked about this in my podcast on the time. It did get yeah. out by the really invested people because yeah. we slipped in a few really small ways, but uh, most, most audience didn't know. got to experience that thing without even knowing it was there at the pre-release, which is a, was a rare treat. You know, we rarely get to, to have surprises that big um, at yeah. our events, but that was awesome. The, uh, so what, what, what else memories of making Time Spiral? What, what, are your, what are your memories? What jumps to mind when you think of Time Spiral? Um, just all the, the mashup cards, um, there's, and then, you know, some of them are very cringy in retrospect, like <laughs> Stormcloud Jin, which is a three, three flyer that has like RR colon plus two plus O, I think it's plus two plus O and deals one damage to you. And that line of text was lifted from electric eel, <laughs> which is a forgettable common from the dark, um, you know, that's so bad that most people don't even know it exists and it certainly never gets played anywhere. But, I, but it was just one of the things it's like, that's a weird thing. It's a blue creature that has a red activation and it deals a damage to me because it's supposed to be an electric eel. So we put it on this gin, which is also, it's, it has a cloud, like the cloud, the cloud dragon or uh, cloud gin high flying mechanic. Yeah. But like electric eel didn't make a ton of sense on a gin. Like this, <laughs> there wasn't a lot of like cohesion to this approach it was just like what lines of text are old and wacky yep. uh, and then we'll make creative figure out what the hell to call this thing they did a good job they made a gin that has like lightning in the background to kind of give the electric eel nod and the flavor text actually says as fickle as lightning as slippery as an eel but man we did not make their jobs easy <laughs> by picking this kind of nonsense and smashing it together uh, and like there's stuff like cloud chaser kestrel which is a three-mana 2-2 flyer that destroys an enchantment when it comes into play, which was a nod to Cloud Chaser Eagle, which was a you know a card from 
I think Tempest was when that came out that, that people who played limited back then remembered pretty well. But it also had W colon any permanent becomes white until end of turn, which was a callback to Aurora Griffin from Plane Chase. But that text didn't do anything. Like it was just extra nonsense for no reason just to make the card weird. Um, and I think that's where the set lost a lot of people. Uh, because we made you read and try to process all this stuff that was just there to kind of be funny or weird without a lot of upside as far as gameplay goes. Um, and that's just not a thing we do today. Um, we learned some lessons there. That, like, yeah. I don't want to, I shouldn't be trying to make cards that are fun to read on the internet. And that's like the maximum value you'll ever extract from it. It should be, you know, fun to play, fun to own, have uses, uh, elsewhere. But Time Spiral has a few too many, like you read it. That's why we made it. So it would be funny to read like the double Cyclopean mummy that has the Cyclopean tomb ability. Um, like that card was not good. It didn't play well. Yep. Uh, it was just ridiculous for ridiculous's sake. So like I said, indulgent is a good word to describe the set. Uh, there's some stuff that turned out pretty well. I liked all the, the new salads or the new, you know, that we made that were kind of mm. a throwback to when I started playing, which was fallen empires. Um, we did a bunch of new slivers. I think those went over well. And some of those cards are still really popular even today. Um, and then there was some really clever stuff like the the suspend cycle that you can't cast. You know, I think that was one of the ones you you pushed for pretty yeah. hard. Like, what well, if the only way to play the card was to suspend it? And you know, those end up being working out as really powerful when you get to modern or whatever, and you can cascade into them like Living End. <clears throat> and those cards are all all like represent old Magic cards as well. Living End is Living Death, and Hyper's Genesis was Eureka. Um, Ancestral Visions for Ancestral Recall. Right, it was Ancestral Recall. It's just fun. To, it was just fun to go and, and find yeah. all those ways to do that. White, stuff. white was balanced, and red was um, uh, Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune, yeah. And then there's a Lotus. Uh, so, do you remember that suspend early on? You you couldn't. You had suspend meant it got suspended. You didn't have a choice. And oh, there then, was no, there was no way to do it. They, right, they the, the, the earliest version of suspend just this is how you cast it. And then we decided that it made more sense that you could opt into it, right? It just made it seem like a better mechanic, like you could choose to do it. Because late game, the problem was, right, if you drew them right. late game, they kind of just sucked. Um, right. But late game, when you have the mana, you can just top, cast you, them. Right, when you top deck your your errant ephemeron in, in the mid game or late game when you're losing, and it's like, well, if in four turns I'll have this flyer, that is, you start questioning why you put the card in your deck in the first place. Definitely didn't. And I didn't want that to be so. Yeah, I think that cycle was like, like we we thought it'd be cool to do a little bit of that, but not too much. And it was cool. It yeah. was cool. Um, <laughs> there's definitely a lot of playing around with you know. I mean, we we certainly the, the reserve <laughs> list was a real thing that we acknowledged back then, and so this was an opportunity to kind of do homages to a lot of the cards we just weren't going to reprint otherwise. Like you said, ancestor recall, wheel of fortune. There's a like a morph cycle that have like. Um, a deranged hermit and an Ali from Cairo. And then there's a sliver cycle that had stuff like, like a Juzam Jin as a sliver. So like, these were all cards that, you know, we're, we're not going to print the original versions of again, but we could make these really cool. Yeah. The, uh, the Magus cycle came from so, that too. Yeah. So the Magus cycle, I, I don't know if you've actually ever told the whole story of these. Okay, go ahead. We're like, we, we wanted <laughs> some kind of splashy cycle. We, we knew the set was missing like one, 
one last kind of high profile cycle and we the stuff we tried which now that we've gone on at least a decade i'm pretty sure we're not going to actually ever do it where the stuff like you can add four six mana artifacts from any point in magic's history yes the gatekeepers right the gatekeepers i don't know if you've actually ever i just wrote an article where i finally revealed them to the audience i don't don't know whether they'll hear this before the article um but but, uh, but it was like we wanted cards that altered the deck if these cards were in your deck it altered the deck building rules specifically around standard um to let you use other cards that were not otherwise standard legal and be able to put them into your standard deck, right? So you may add up to four wizards from any point in Magic's history to your deck, or up to four six mana artifacts, or up to four. I don't even remember what else. Two threes of one of them, <laughs> right? Two threes. <laughs> any any two three creatures you want, you put them into your deck. I went uh, through and I found things that weren't broken. Like I had to find like something that I could do, and right, right. They so. had, you, we, there couldn't be an obvious best answer that was already that was too powerful for standard, but just things that let you. I think we had knights as one of them, maybe as well. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe. Um, nice. Yeah, there was a like cycle com- of six. There was one of each color and an artifact. Was was the, the combination cycle. of like outside of standard? This was kind of how people got to play anyway, so they didn't really pull much weight there. And the rules implications and the deck deck the deck check <laughs> implications for judges and the magic online implications of them having to code all this stuff they were i think there's a lot of <laughs> please don't do this from a lot of different uh parts of the company yeah i, I tried but it was clearly it wasn't gonna happen so yeah so i came up with the major cycle of like what if there were creatures that represented old artifacts um but they were colored and we tried to map them to the colors and give them bodies that matched what the casting cost of the artifacts would be. <clears throat> um, so it was like Mages of the Disc, and the, the, which was Nevenerals Disc. Candelabra. The scroll, which is Curse Scroll, right? Candelabra, which is another card we otherwise couldn't reprint. Same with Curse Scroll. Um, Mages of the, of the Candelabra of Thanos, the green one. The black one was Mirror Universe, Mages of the Mirror. And the... Which one am I missing? The, the blue one, one is Memory Jar. I remember um, right. So yeah, again, like playing along, playing, playing around with reserve list cards, trying to make cool throwbacks and homages to them. Um, and they turned out well, and they actually spawned two more cycles. That um, in well, two more again. cycles in the block. They fired more cycles later, right? And then, he, right, and then even more, right? Mages <laughs> of the Moon uh, is probably the most famous one of these. That was the uh, enchantment one from from Future Sight. Future Sight did enchantments. Planar Chaos did lands, which I didn't really love because lands don't naturally have a, a, a mana cost that you get to mirror. Yeah. So they all just had kind of arbitrary, bizarro mana costs. Um, but the, the, the future site ones and the times borrow ones were both, both quite cool. Yeah. Um, so what star? Okay. Can you, can you think of a card that you, that didn't make it, that you thought was a, that entertained you, but it didn't end up making it into the set. I'll I'll start so you can think for a little bit. Yeah, I I have one. Oh, you have one? Okay, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Mine it's, it was uh, Father of Runes, and so, it was it was a one mana one one white uh, that had tap, uh, flicker, one of your own creatures. It didn't give it protection, but it, it exiled it and returned it to the battlefield. Ooh, I like that. It's it's <laughs> absurd. I mean. <laughs> Hey, we have Avalanche Riders on the on the time shifted sheet. So the fact that you just 
twice in one turn, <laughs> avalanche right at your opponent, and then every turn thereafter without ever paying echo again, just keep flickering it was was absolutely ridiculous. And that that's that was like the first deck anyone built with the card. So I don't think we ever even got around to building a second deck. Uh, it's one of those cards. Like, there's a lot of cards where if you couldn't execute it on it at these exact numbers, then there was just no point in even trying to make it. Right, like Urza's Factory yeah. makes a two-two assembly worker for seven tap, and if we had to change that off of seven, which was the right the Urzatron, the, the Urzatron mana mana number or two-two, because that's what an assembly worker that 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 Mishra's Factory represents would be, then like the whole joke kind of falls apart. Um, development, you know, did not love those cards because there's not much you can do to them. It's either say yes or say no, and if you say no, we need to go figure something else out. Um, so my what's yours? My card is uh, a card that Brady vetoed. Uh, was pirate ghost ship? Oh, I remember ghost pirate ship. A ghost, yeah. pi- ghost pirate ship, right? Ghost pirate ship. It, it was mean, a cross between ghost ship and pirate ship, <laughs> right? Because it's funny. Both ghost ship and pirate ship are on the time shifted sheet, but there's stuff that is like you can do it there, but don't make us do a real version of this. And like they did not want ship as a creature type. They just. We didn't have vehicles back then, and ship just was a dumb creature type. Honestly, it's not like it's a, a living creature. Um, well, so please don't, people please don't love walls. So go ahead. Right. Please don't make <laughs> us do ships. Okay, we didn't do ghost pirate ship. Uh, yeah, I bet we could do a card like that in, in a modern horizon set, though, for sure. Um, yeah, it's funny that uh, I think modern horizons really is a spiritual successor. So, um, if I mean a. Uh, Time Spiral Remaster is coming out. So if you want to experience Time Spiral and you weren't around when Time Spiral was around, you have the perfect opportunity. Um, we're, we're almost out of time, but do you want to real quickly... What inspired us to do Time Spiral Remastered? Do you, do you remember? What inspired us to do Time Spiral Remastered? Yeah. I don't remember. I, I do remember how much Time Spiral influenced the original Modern Horizons. Like That was the whole pitch, right, for yeah. the first Modern that Horizons, was, was let's try to do another Time Spiral. Um, but no, I don't I don't remember the... the so uh, I, uh, it was... Gavin had the idea that it would be fun. Like, one of the weird things about Magic is it's hard to go back and draft old environments just because, like, they're here, you draft them, and then they're gone. And you can refer to them, but, you know... He really liked the idea of could we recapture and let people redraft something in tabletop. And obviously, yeah. digital they can. Um, yeah, we can reissue things digitally very easily. Right. But. So so he came up with this idea of how could we do that. And like he kind of got so far along that he finally realized he had kind of remade Remastered. Like, like, from a completely different vantage point, he did all these things. And like, oh, I've just made Remastered. He goes, how about we do a tabletop Remastered? Right, because he did Temp- Tempest Remastered on Magic Online. Right, right. Which um, was all three sets from that block uh, packaged up as one draft environment. And so he had five choices, and he, he went around pitching the five choices of blocks, and Time Spiral was so number one that it won. And that's that's how that got Yeah, picked. if if you you know, if you were invested, like Time Spiral Limited is so fun. And it, it's just there's so many different things that can happen. There's so many different cards, way more than you're used to in a typical draft environment, about which the, the sheer number of different cards that you're exposed to just from all the different time shifted sheets uh, that, you know, it, it was my favorite limited environment for years and years and years. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't done it in so long that I, I, I can't really hold it up against our more recent stuff. But yeah, I look forward to that a ton. And the, the fact that there's a new time shifted sheet 
full of stuff that was not printed in the old border before. Yeah. Now, I just I'm such a sucker for those kind of <laughs> things to have all these old the cards look so cool and oh my gosh look this draft I got this card I know never would have expected now I got to build my whole deck around it it's 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 super fun. Well, anyway, I want to thank you for being here, Aaron. Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun talking time spiral. Bring back lots of memories. Memory lane, yeah. Uh, but I am now at my desk, so we all know that means means it's the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. So once again, Aaron, thank you so much. Thank you. And everybody, I will see you all next time. Bye-bye.